everybody, I'm Peter, and I don't really need a reason to mess with the Empire. He's gonna wish he stayed in that well after spending a night with me. He's Mike. Hello. So for this episode, we have joining us Ken Burns enthusiast, <laughs> Lord of the Rings lover, and sometimes songwriter <laughs> Scott Goodrich of his band. He's in a band called Daydream, and he works at a place called Newstone Studios. Hey, Scott. Hello. Hey, Hello. <laughs> Ken Burns enthusiast. <laughs> I mean, more than anything, I I think that's your title. Definitely number one for sure is yeah. that tepid Star Wars fan, but Ken Burns enthusiast. Yeah. <laughs> so we are together. We're Rebels, Rebels for the podcast where we explore the Star Wars expanding universe through an episode by episode deep dive of the animated series Star Wars Rebels. Before we get started, please subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app and leave us a review on iTunes. It helps a ton. You can also find us on Instagram or Facebook at Rebels Rebels Pod or email the show at Rebels Rebels Pod at gmail.com. Mm. Mm. That was good. Thank you. You guys, Thanks. that was pro. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. We've done it a couple times. Just like Joe Rogan. It's <laughs> <laughs> the nicest thing anyone's ever said. Politically, politically similar. all right so this episode quick recap this is season one episode five was it episode five yeah oh okay (laughs) (laughs) i thought it was three just mentally i watched five but i just thought it was maybe that's why that's why i thought 345 yeah maybe (laughs) there you go all right mike are you ready i'm ready scott you ready to jump into this oh hell yeah sweet we'll edit that out Oh, heck yeah. Frick yeah. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Uh, All right, so season one, episode five, Breaking Ranks. The Rebels and Ezra are on an undercover mission into the Imperial Academy to steal a decoder. That's what this episode's about. So the first scene that we see, we're at the Imperial Academy on Lothal. And the very first thing we see are ATDPs. Stands for All-Terrain Defense Pod. So these are like the precursor to the chicken walkers that we see, the AT. STs, mm-hmm. a demo model, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the demo uh, demo is always better. Yeah, yeah, and the design for the ATDP was developed from an early illustration by uh, Joe Johnson in 1979. So this is concept art comes directly from that. Um, yeah, so that was interesting. Joe Johnson, thanks. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know him either. Nice, um, nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> Huge personality (laughs) (laughs) um we see our friends cumberlane oresco and miles grint yep one that looks like well i keep calling that guy edgar Allan poe yeah because he looks emaciated and then i don't know who the other big dude is um compare him to frank caliendo sure (laughs) uh what's (laughs) what's the name of the dude from kevin can't wait and mall cop movie Paul Blart. Oh, sure. Kevin, Kevin James. James. Yeah. yeah. Kevin James. Yeah. All right. So Edgar Allan Poe and Kevin James, they're both voiced by the same guy. Hmm. I didn't write his name down. <laughs> <laughs> probably, not import- probably not that important. But I thought uh, that was interesting. Yeah. So he's just talking to himself the whole time. <clears throat> so they are training squad LRC 077. 
Um, and they're about to be tested. Apparently, they've been training for a few weeks, is what is being inferred. And Ezra is one of the cadets we find out uh, under the name Dev Morgan. Mm. And the first one of the first interactions we see him have is with that guy, Jai, Jay Kel. Jai. Jai. Yeah. Cool name. Yeah. Sounds like a 90s action star. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> and the first thing we see them doing is like pushing each other. And like being like really close. Uh, let me put it in a way you might understand, Scott. They're being real Sam and Frodo. Got it. <laughs> the backs of their hands touch, and then the, and then this the violin starts playing, and you're not really sure what's gonna happen next. It's a in, it's an intense bromance. It's really well. They're like shouldering each other and pushing back and forth. It's uh I don't know. It's cute. Sure. So they are told for their first test. In Stormtrooper School, we, I don't know if we've established th- that they're sneaking into the Imperial Academy, which is basically Stormtrooper School. They have to climb out of this well, um, which is kind of weird. I don't know how that's a test. Yeah, like these weird floating blocks come out of the walls, and they have to jump from block to block to get out of here. It's like 3D Tetris, but you they were in the middle of it. <clears throat> yeah, totally. Um, great, great analogy. Yeah. I also don't like Grint, the bigger dude. Like, there's no way he passed this test when he was a cadet. True. <laughs> it looks very hard. You need to be very spry. Maybe he was one of those guys where, like, you know how if you go to ROTC, you skip a certain level. Maybe <laughs> he skipped that part. <laughs> Maybe. This also reminds me of what Batman movie was it where... Like Bane lives at the bottom of that well, like that prison at the bottom of the oh, well. Oh, the Dark Knight. The, the only one with Bane in it? Yeah. <laughs> that one. Yeah, that one. <laughs> um, so they have to climb out of a well. That's the test. And if they successfully do it, they will become Bane. Um, this facility is actually based on, uh, in that show, The Clone Wars. The, there was an episode all about like clone cadets and what they had to go through to become cl- clone troopers. Mm. And this is exactly what their facility looked like. It basically looked like they were in uh, Tron Legacy. <laughs> like that's what their training ground looks like. And so I thought that was kind of a nice like touch that like they called that back. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, now question. There are eight cadets. Four of them have nothing on their helmets. And then four of them have different colored markings on their helmets Mm -hmm. in universe. Why? Like, I understand they're doing that for us as TV viewers. So we can differentiate between each person like, Oh, Ezra is wearing the red one, but do they like let them decorate them? Or are those like symbols of something? Maybe, uh, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I, I don't think there is an explanation. I'm going to say, since the Empire is racist, sure, they're dividing them by race. Wow. I like that. That was deep. I like that. Sure. Um, <laughs> so, they, as they are taken to get their reward, um, they pass by Chopper, who's disguised in black paint, and Ezra gives him a signal. But it's, again, a really super stupid signal. <laughs> he just flicks his pinky at him? Did you Throws him like a little shaka. He's like, yeah. little baby shaka. <laughs> He's like, hey. That's the signal for I passed the test. Yeah. Tell everyone. Yeah. Plus the droid was like, he was doing this kind of sneaky like little hand signal. And then droid was like, rah, 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 rah. like, dude, don't blow my cover. 
It wasn't subtle. No. And then that's why Zare Leonis, one of the cadets, picks up on it. And he's on to Ezra. He knows something's up. And you found out who he is voiced by. Yeah. So this kid, Zare Leonis, he's voiced by Brighton James. I thought it was super familiar. It's not. I don't recognize him from this. But evidently, he was the little kid with the huge, curly, like, like a perm from Family Matters. Like the baby kid. I don't, I don't know what that is. I don't remember the, him. The Urkel show. I know. I know what Family Matters is. Yeah. I don't know who that kid yeah, I'm is. I'm going to pull up a picture. That was a deep character. If you saw him, you would be like, oh, that kid. I remember the dad was a cop. And then I remember The dad was a cop Urkel. from Die Hard. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and in that show, only plays a dad. Also, that show gets really weird. There's an episode where Urkel builds, like he he's someone says to him, like, "Hey man, can you ever be cool for once?" And then he's <laughs> he's gone for three weeks, and when he's come back, he's recreated himself into Stefan. Yeah. Oh yeah, and he but he has a machine where he can like go into it, and then the girl that he like loves, like their daughter. Like, love Stefan. Yeah. But not Urkel. So he, he <laughs> yeah. in, invented a, sh- a machine to change himself. He also invented a time-traveling machine. Yeah. I like the Great message show. that sends to the youth of the 90s. Just change yourself. Yeah, just change yourself so people like you more. <laughs> so here, this is the kid. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, let me see. Literally, right. I know exactly what you're talking about now. Oh, okay. Right? You see, if you saw him, you'd yeah. be like, oh, that kid. Michael Jackson here. Got it. Yep. So that's basically the only thing he's done. Right. So, second scene, back aboard their ship, um, the ghost. Um, we see Chopper sneak outside the hangar and signal to Sabine, right, that yeah. he has passed the test. So, we go back to a shot. We're in orbit, and Kanan is worried that Ezra, about Ezra being over, undercover, but, like, to be cool. He says, I'm not worried about him. I'm worried about the op. <laughs> Which I was wondering at how necessary it is to shorten operation to op. I don't like, know, you're super crush. If you want to look tough, like you know what's happening. You just shorten it? You have to shorten it. Yeah. The op. Yeah. I don't know. I just was, I mean. It was it's too- a chest. He's pumping his chest. <laughs> well, it worked. So, third scene. We get to back to Imperial headquarters where Ezra sneaks off to go somewhere. We don't know where. And Leonis is following him. And Ezra breaks into Callus's office and takes the decoder. Yep. So it, it it occurred to me shortly before we started recording, the decoder is so they can find a shipment of kyber crystals. Yeah. But like how? Uh, like how does that help them? <laughs> Maybe it's like tile, like where the decoder will tell them which ship has it has the crystals on it. Oh, like it like they'll receive a message and it will decode the message to tell them where. Oh, there you go. Yeah, the location. I thought I thought it was oh, like a location device. Oh, I thought that's what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But maybe it will decode the message to tell them where the crystals are. That makes are at. sense. Yeah, cuz later in the episode they say that there's like three ships and it's like he can find with the force which one has the crystal in it. So then but what was the decoder good for? Maybe it tells them where the three ships are. Got it. It's a trap. <laughs> okay, I think that sounds like a plausible explanation. Uh, so Leonis finds Ezra um, trying to steal the decoder, but instead of stopping him, he says he wants to help him. The reason being that his sister was... His sister was in the Imperial Academy. She was the star cadet, mm-hmm. which is a thing, mm-hmm. I guess. Well, Callus was. And so, and she disappeared. 
The Imperial said that his sister ran away, but he doesn't believe it. What do you need that decoder for? My friends need it to stop an Imperial shipment. How'd you know about the sensors? From my sister, Dara. She was the star cadet in this place. She knew the entire Imperial complex backwards and forwards. What happened to her? Well, they told us she ran off, but I don't believe it. It's it like happened. Scientology. Yeah. It's literally like Scientology. <laughs> That's weird what because- happened? I, She's just gone. She's gone. Where'd she go? Away. <laughs> it, I don't know. I mean, but it makes sense to me. My dad went out for cigarettes years ago. <laughs> Still haven't seen him. <laughs> so... <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying. It's not that far-fetched, guys. <laughs> He'll be back. <laughs> what? She's just gone. Why are you laughing about this? All right. So, <laughs> his history. I don't know why you guys think that's funny. His history. Uh, so, that kid, Leonis, his history has been expanded in books. Uh, so, after this episode came out, Jason Fry who I've not read his stuff. J Fry. J Yeah. JF. Um <laughs> Jeff. Yeah. What was <laughs> J just Jeff for short? What's the book called that he wrote? Game of Thrones. <laughs> Those are good books. Uh the what is it? There it's like Edge of the Galaxy. There it is. It's like part of the series. There's like a bunch of different books in the Edge of the Galaxy series and yeah. there's one focused on Zare Leonis. Yeah. So we find out that if Ezra would have left the room with the decoder, a sensor would have gone off and the whole ship would have gone on lockdown. So Leonis, like stopping him was a good thing, right? Yep. So they decided to create a plan to get the decoder out a different way, come back another time. What were you doing breaking into Callus's office? That's a great way to get shot. Long story, but I need that decoder. And I could use a partner who knows his way around. What's in it for me? Do you really need a reason to mess with the Empire? No, I don't. Good. We have to finish in the top three tomorrow if we're going to get back inside Imperial HQ. Then let's do it. I'm Zare, by the way. Zare Leonis. And you're Dev, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's me. Um, so, we switch over to nighttime. Yep. The door's shut, and then Sabine's like, something went wrong. So, Ezra's staying in there. And Kanan is stressing. He's just a worried dad. Wait, hold on. I want to ask. I want to ask Scott a question really okay. quick, because it's okay, Scott. You're not. You're not a super huge Rebels fan. You like Star Wars. I love Star Wars. Uh, this is my first time ever seeing Rebels. <laughs> That's okay. We'll, yeah. be, we'll be gentle. I did my homework though a little bit. With what you do guys. you think about Kanan, the guy with the goatee? <clears throat> uh, interesting fellow. Interesting fellow. <laughs> <laughs> he just looks so weird. Like they could have made him look any any like cool way, like trustworthy Jedi type guy, mm -hmm. and he just kind of looks like a weird like dad dad guy. I don't know how to explain it. I'm just curious. I'm wondering how you feel about his goatee. If that adds, if that hurts or takes adds to his character or takes. Mike's away. thinking about doing a goatee, so he's feeling out the room he looks like the type of guy that watches diners drive-ins and dives <laughs> and if somebody makes fun of guy fieri he's like it's an, it, he's a good guy he seems like a good guy <laughs> <laughs> he's a good he was a cook for a long time yeah like he was trained in france guys yeah <laughs> that actually looks really good <laughs> 
He might also have like a bottle opener on his flip flop or something. <laughs> there, that yeah. reminds me, there's a That's guy so who true. came into my work the other day who looks exactly like Guy Guy Fieri, like exactly. <laughs> and I couldn't help but think he knows he looks like him. <laughs> Do you think he's? Can, I th- and the only thing I could think of was he's doing this for attention so people could come up to him and be like, "Do you know who you look like?" Like. Because why else do you want to look like Guy Fieri? I don't know. But just so it's on the record, it wasn't Guy Fieri? No, it was not. Bummer. You can find that dictionary at the Flavortown Library. All right. So, okay. So at night, they're in bunk beds. First of all, all the cadets are still in their clothes. No one has blankets. And their bunk beds (laughs) have buttons on them. They were were in uniform? They were still in uniform, (laughs) just lying in bed. It does sound like Scientology. That's how I imagine Scientologists sleeping. I I didn't really notice details like that while we were watching it. That's pretty funny. (laughs) What do you think those buttons are for? But yeah, why buttons on a bunk bed? I mean, it's not like because based on the evidence of the Empire, it's not to like it's not doesn't it's not like your sleep number. Like, oh, I'm a seven. Maybe it's like like a call for assistance because they need somebody like taking the bathroom at night or something. (laughs) (laughs) This is true. I guess they're just cadets. That is true. You know. But why all those? Yeah. I don't know. There's like seven buttons. It's a big ship. They can get lost. <laughs> they need a companion. Uh, okay, so question. When we see them talking, they're talking in a row of helmets. Yes. And I'm frustrated because I don't know what kind of Stormtrooper helmets these are. So I figured out, at least the ones I was talking about, I brought up on the first couple episodes, there's those weird helmets yeah. that we can't place that the speeder bike guys are wearing. I went to Twitter. <laughs> I crowdsourced it. There are specific AD, ATDP pilot helmets, and okay. that's what they're wearing. All right. The weird thing about that, though, is they're for ATDP pilots, but also the speeder bike dudes wear them, and some of the transport pilots wear them. One but size. they're called ATDP pilot. One helmets. size fits all, I guess. Yeah, they're similar to the cadet ones that all the kids are wearing, but they're Wait, a little different. So the bikes on Endor. Yeah. Same helmet. No, so that's the weird thing. On this show, the hel- the same bikes, different helmets. Damn, dude. <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah. That's, that's a lot. lot. Of, that's a lot, a lot, of, of, a lot of information. <laughs> All right, so their plan uh, is an awful plan. They, <laughs> yeah. they agree that to... But through magic and friendship, anything is possible. <laughs> the True. secret ingredient in love. Um, they agree that they're going to finish in the top three of their class. That way they can get access to the Imperial headquarters again. Yeah. So every time that they complete one of these tests, they get a prize. And evidently their prize is that they get to like go into the office area. So if Ezra wants to steal that decoder, he needs to win the well race to get in there. Principal for a day. That's what they win. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Um, Free pizza for everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I I have to mention that Ezra does an awful job at acting like he's Dev. Every time someone's like, hey, Dev, he goes like, that's my name. (laughs) Don't wear it out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, That's me. And even in the beginning of the episode when uh, some guy was like, hey, Dev, you in there? Because he was like kind of spacing out. He was like, yep. That's my name, Dev Morgan. I'm in here. Dev. Hey, Dev. Dev. What? Dev Morgan, you in there? Oh, yeah. Dev Morgan's in here, all right. Th- that's me. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, 
<laughs> oh, good. That's not suspicious at all. Has to repeat his full name. Yeah. Do you really believe it? I don't know. I just think he does an awful job. Yeah. Um. So it's the next day, and they got to climb out of that well again, which this is another minor nitpick, but like, I don't know if they change it up a little bit, but like, do they have any other tests of the stormtrooper school? Like, is that all you need to be a stormtrooper is to be able to climb these bricks out of? Maybe that's a why wall? they can't shoot. Yeah, no <laughs> shooting, no target practice. Yeah, seriously, like run a little bit. Maybe get your fitness up. If I don't you, know. If you throw, I think maybe they're just thinking about sarlacc pits. They're like, well, if you fall in a sarlacc pit. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Every, everything else you can get out with just your natural ability, but that <laughs> you should train for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Always always be ready for a Sarlacc. Or it's like, you're just going to die anyways. It doesn't matter if you're good at this. <laughs> yeah, we, ha- we have a well. We <laughs> yeah. might as well use it. <laughs> <laughs> we have this pit. They have to do something. Yeah, gonna... they, they built it in the Clone Wars, and it's like, I mean, what else are we going to do? Just fill it up? No. Giant deep pool. <laughs> It's funny that they have a school. The premise is like a school because it doesn't really seem like they're that concerned about their lives. <laughs> well, they're yeah. Well, because they are they are giving them guns and letting them shoot at each other. One of the the bully kid Oleg. What's his name? Oleg. Oleg. Yeah. Yeah. He like he shoots one of the cadets off one of the platforms, and I couldn't every time someone fell i couldn't help but think they're falling a good 20 to 30 feet seriously and landing on what i imagine are steel blocks maybe that is has something to do with the armor that we think is just not made of plastic maybe the helmet's actually doing something maybe the armor is real yeah it just can't stop just in the everything else (laughs) they, they give them armor at school to give them confidence, and then when they're gone, they take it away. Then they, yeah. then it's just Velcro and plastic. <laughs> um. So yeah. So this one, like I, like we were talking about. So they have to climb the well again, but this time they have to like shoot these little buttons with guns to make them pop out. Um. Two things about this. First of all, you have to be a really good shot to do that, and not really. You don't need to. Have be. you ever played Goldeneye? I've done this level before. I don't remember this on Golden Eye. Yeah, probably was. Probably was. Probably was there. Good one. All right. So first, so uh, like, I don't really think that they care that much about being good shooters in Stormtrooper school. So like, it seems frivolous. That's the first thing. Second thing is this is actually kind of interesting that we've already seen that their guns can do like kill mode with the red laser and then yeah. stun mode with like the blue Cheerio yeah. thing that yeah. like Princess Leia gets hit with. This one has a third setting and it's just low power mode. So it's just like a laser that stings instead of kills. And it's the just, same. Just nicks. Yeah. It's the <laughs> same color as like the uh, the laser bolt that the target yeah. the t- target droid is shooting at Luke Skywalker in A New Hope. So it's this yellow oh. kind of thinner thing. Oh. Yeah. So they give them those little yellow stormtrooper rifles and let them shoot at walls and each other <laughs> why not yeah why not no time for math or spelling or anything just shooting at each other class and climbing out of well class that's fair i would sounds better than the school i went to <laughs> um so they need to get up into the top three and in order to do that ezra needs to betray his bff Jai yeah. in order for Zare to make it. So he pushes Samwise, yeah. putting it in language you can understand, <laughs> off the platform and into the bottom of the well. Yep. And he's applauded for the um, 
Edgar Allan Poe says that he did a great job because in war, there are no friendships. Cadets, follow Morgan's example. There is no friendship in war. The only thing that matters is victory. Victory at any cost. Which I kind of feel like... Seems like the opposite lesson (laughs) you should be learning about war. I feel like to get through war, you would want camaraderie, but, you know, to each their own. Mm-hmm. Just to get. You out need of to it. learn to kill. That's what they they teach them to kill. Just to get out of the well. They gotta you gotta you know figure out what that feels like. <laughs> Chase that feeling, yeah. boys. Chase that feeling. If there's one thing I know about war, it's don't be friends with anyone on your side, and you need to climb out of a lot of stuff. I'm just comparing this to a Full Metal Jacket. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. What if what if the bunk scene? Someone was just hitting someone with a bar of soap and. <laughs> That's why they wear the armor at night. That's happened yeah. before. Yeah. Wear the armor because if you don't, so one of you is going to uh, fight each other with bars of soap in the middle of the night. Uh, all right. So we're at Callus's office. Um, we see Minister Tua exit a conference room. Her hair is a little must. She's like, oh, yeah, that was a nice uh, business meeting. They were making out. <laughs> Wrong, wrong. Didn't come out of his office. She came out of a conference room, Peter. Yeah, but just the two of them. What are you implying? They're making out. I don't see it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I do like that her uniform is very flight attendant. Um, Zare distracts Callus with a fake Mm -hmm. order that he says he's has his pod racer parts have come in. And when I first watched this, I was really hoping that Callus was actually building a pod racer. <laughs> and when he got the parts, he was going to be like, sweet, my pod racer parts are here. <laughs> he goes, sweet, now this is pod racing. Now this is pod racing. But it turns out he doesn't know that he's not a pod racer. <laughs> so, uh, but the the plan works anyways, because Ezra is able to sneak in through the office, into the ventilation shafts, which I'm going to say this is his third time using a ventilation <laughs> shaft in four episodes. So the Empire has a real ventilation <laughs> problem. Ventilation security issue. It's yeah. big. This is the third time he's successfully used a vent, air vent to complete a mission. It's the only un, untapped pathway that they have <laughs> in the whole, yeah. the whole ship. They have a pathway problem. Yeah. I was thinking about this. It's like there's a ton of times in this episode where they could have been caught if there was just like a security camera also is that just mean the whole shit it's just air conditioned and heated yeah yeah controlled all the time that's why they don't need a blanket climate control it's always great vents always 72 and they're always very clean yeah Yeah. is there dust in space is there dust in space Uh Ooh. well within a self that's why you're a songwriter There's a song there. That, that was deep. Yeah. Is there dust in space? All right. So um, Ezra gets the decoder successfully. He uses the force. He uses the force. Yep. This is the first time he's like successfully levitated something? Um, I don't remember. I don't know. But he pulls it off. And he overhears a conversation between the Grand Inquisitor and Oresco, where Oresco is telling the Inquisitor that he has... Uh, identified two cadet, exceptional cadets uh, who the Inquisitor can use for some 
special purpose. I believe we've identified two cadets, Morgan and Kell, that meet your special criteria, Inquisitor. Excellent, Commandant. Tomorrow I will arrive on Lothal to test them myself. If the tests are conclusive, I will take them into custody. Yeah, he says that it meets their special criteria. Sounds yeah. a little creepy. What but... is the Inquisitor going to do with these two cadets? <laughs> Scott, <laughs> you have something to add there? <laughs> Remember about our politically charged climate right now? Uh, I have no idea what they're going to do. <laughs> so there's in-universe, I mean, I'm assuming this is what happened to Zare Leonis's sister. She met the special criteria and was taken away. But they were alone, so they were still talking code about like yeah, that's the weird taking thing. them out, or was it like they're really good? We can utilize them. That's the weird thing I was thinking is like, why wouldn't you're talking to a hologram of a phone call by yourself? Like, why do you have to be like wink, wink, special criteria? Yeah, you can see the air quotes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, totally. <laughs> you know, special criteria, air quotes. <laughs> So, oh, and just to be clear, he's talking about Ezra and Jai, yeah. the two BFFs. They're the special ones. So Ezra passes the decoder to Chopper, who gives it to Zeb and Sabine, but he decides to stay put because he doesn't want his BFF to be taken away by the Inquisitor. Eating and probably eaten. He could just be eating these kids. That's like another option of what could be happening here. I mean. He has sharp teeth, so I'm just assuming. Put, put two and two together. He's not eating the kids, dude. This guy's like vegetarian. You know? That dude's like vegetarian. That's the uh, he's vegetarian with those teeth. Yeah, because you look all crazy like that. But then he's like, I'm vegetarian. <laughs> like that's like the twit. You're just like, what the fuck is he gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So King Hera, Hera. Been shredding that romaine with that those oh, teeth. I mean, I guess that is useful. Joke out. <laughs> uh, so King and Hera intercept the three ships. One of them is carrying the Kyber crystal. Yeah, well, before this, we uh, the, there's two things. First of all, evidently, this is what the decoder got them, is the locations of these three ships. Yeah. Second thing is, I love Hera's move. So Sabine's telling them, like, all right, we got the decoder. Here's the coordinates. Also, Ezra's not with us. And Kanan's like, what? What do you mean? And then Ezra, yeah. then she just pumps it to hyperspace. like Light, light speeds before yeah, he can say no. That's a jerk move. Like... Can you imagine if someone was like, your wife is in the hospital, and then all of a sudden the phone cuts out and you can't talk to him anymore? Like, how do you focus on anything? Well, you just know it's going to be a bad conversation, so just, you know. Eh, yeah, just pull the band-aid off yeah. real fast. Just like my dad always said. <laughs> how do you know? So, yeah, so Kane and Hera intercept the three ships, yeah. which are... Gazanti class cruisers. Mm -hmm. These actually look really freaking cool, yeah. and this whole scene looks really cool. I think it's like, I don't know, I don't know anything about science, but like that strip of color that's running throughout it, almost like that, like a strip of dust. There is dust in space. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> of you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Uh, that's like kind of peppered with asteroids. Mm -hmm. it, I don't know. I think it looks pretty yeah, freaking cool. Yeah, it's cool. Um, and so Kanan uses the force to identify which ship, uh, the crystal. Uh, is on so they can attack it and make sure crystals aren't falling into the wrong hands. Yeah. So I think it's kind of interesting because this, this came out in 2014. Yep. Rogue One came out in 2016. Mm -hmm. 
So they had this kyber crystal thing planned two years ahead of time. Like this is they they had this already mapped out, right? Yeah. So they're stealing, presumably the rebels don't know this, but there's the Empire is gathering these giant kyber crystals to move them to the Death Star and power the Death Star for its super laser. Yeah. Which we find out in Rogue One. And I guess to jump ahead, when we see like the explosion of the ship, which again is super cool, well once they destroy the ship with the crystals on it that explosion is freaking massive mm-hmm. and it's green i'm guessing because of the kyber crystal yeah from what we see a lot of the kyber crystals are green right yeah i mean i don't, I don't want to jump into spoilers or anything yeah. but there is an episode in the current season of yeah. rebels which is the last season um where they actually board a ship with the kyber crystal and they talk about how they like store energy and you can overload it and it turns into like a big Hmm. nuclear blast kind of thing okay so i think you hit the nail right on the head lira urso would know a lot about that Mm. lira and and galen uh all right cool so i kind of jumped the gun a bit but the explosion looks super freaking cool um and kanan was initially in the phantom which is the ghosts like mini attack ship uh little hot dog Little hot dog ship, <laughs> yeah. little, little hot dog. Well, that's funny because I was wondering, is that a? Cool I just imagine like a little pig in a blanket. As you were yeah. describing it. <laughs> yeah, a little pig. What kind of is? Because when it goes back in, it's like the hot dog slides into the bun. <laughs> well, I was. That's funny. <laughs> it's, it's funny that you said that because I was wondering. I was like, because the main ship is called Ghost, the little one's called Phantom, and I was like, ah, those are those sound too familiar. Like those are just synonyms. But everything is. Those like, sound like they. That was the last thing they thought of. When they were like <laughs> ending the day, it's like, what should we call the ships? Well, uh, we'll figure that well, out I later. Like that, that that'll be last. I like that they have a theme. The it's like they planned like a theme meeting. <laughs> like, okay, what are because they call themselves the Specters too. Yeah. So it's like, okay, our team will be the Specters because our ship's called the Ghost, obviously because it hides its signature. So it's like a ghost, but we have a small one. It's like a phantom. I wish. I just wish it would have been called something else, like Little Nugget, <laughs> <laughs> or like I don't know. Yeah, what were some of their other options like? It was probably like when you make songs and you have like joke names and then, <laughs> yeah. and then you have to really name them and you're like, whatever like the first line of the course is, like yeah. lost. Yeah. yeah. Really, it was called like, yeah. my dad's gone or something like that. <laughs> I want to see like their whiteboard with names crossed off where they were like, okay, we'll name the ship the big doggy and the little ship's the little doggy and we're the puppies. <laughs> I think we can brainstorm some other good ones. I'm just going to leave that. Hit open. us up on Twitter. Let us know what the <laughs> other options gonna, are. I'm just going to leave that space open. Just to di- digest that name. All right. So the Phantom docks. Wink. Um, and <laughs> the hot dog goes into the bun. And um, they, they take off. And then we cut back to the scene of Sabine and Zeb are back at the HQ like cause him like helping Ezra and his mates escape right well so first they're back in their bunk beds again oh yeah and remember Ezra betrayed his BFF Jai so they wake him up in the middle of the night and they're like beat him with soap well they (laughs) looks like as they like cover his mouth and they're like be quiet I was like oh my god what's about to happen yeah that was intense but then he's just like we just gotta talk to you (laughs) they get out of bed and they tell Jai that the Inquisitor wants to come and eat him and so he's like, no, you're trying to trick me. And then 
they convince him because Zare says something about his his sister and it's like, come on, get over it. I get it. You know, your sister disappeared, whatever. Yeah. And then, oh man, yeah, I was really jumping the gun there. And then the next day they complete the trials, uh, but Ezra has to like sacrifice himself so he doesn't end up in the top three, right? And the well, he wants to get get in the top three, but yeah, he but just to get just, his friends in the top three so he can yeah, save yeah, them. Yeah. They they end up getting the reward of being to help pilot that ATDP. Yeah, the prize today is that. Uh, <laughs> yep. Uh, okay. So next day we're in this thing, or no, same day. Yeah. So they are in the ATDP. And they they steal the pilot's gun, and they don't kill him. They just stun him, as well as stunning the bully who's in the ship with him. Uh-huh. So, good for them. Yep. They're learning. They didn't kill anyone. Yeah, right. They <laughs> said it right. Yeah. They learned something. They learned something. And they hit the target. Yeah, that should have given him up right there. Like, wait, did he just shoot what he meant to shoot? <laughs> Get him. <laughs> so in the meantime, um, Chopper is putting grenades around the place. And while they're hijacking the AD, ATDP, another one blows up and they realize they're under attack. Yep. So they're under attack. Uh, income. Is this where Sabine and Zeb come in? Not yet. I mean, there's some more hijinks, but basically, yeah. Yeah. There's some more hijinks that... The ATD, we need a better name for this thing. The walker that the that, students are in. We should call it a, a dupe. We should give it a name. ATDP. What's a better name for that? Anthony Doppelganger. <laughs> <laughs> the Anthony Doppelganger <laughs> that they're in right now. I don't know how much easier that is the for Bo- me to say. The Bourdain. Um, the Adupe that they're in get shot down and... The students tumble out and the door gets jammed up and then there's some stormtroopers kind of cornering them and then that's when Sabine and Zeb come and okay. start shooting people. And I, I need to talk about Sabine jumping <laughs> off uh, like a, a freight and she like kicks one stormtrooper and then she legitimately executes another <laughs> stormtrooper. And I took a screenshot of this because I want to show you how intense this murder was um, and okay this is gonna get kind of deep but this looks almost exactly like the saigon execution oh, i was gonna say oh i was literally gonna say that um it looks exactly the same just reversed yeah so it's it's pretty much the saigon execution picture send that to me i'm gonna put it in the show notes it is so intense she shoots him if you don't see the show notes there's this little little spot where their neck is exposed, and she <laughs> holds the gun right up to his neck and shoots this dude in the face. Seriously. That's an execution, and look how cool and calm and collected she is. She just does not give a crap. She's so, like a black widow. <laughs> so that's maybe the most brutal thing I've ever seen in Star Wars. No blood, uh, though. No blood, because lasers cauterize. Yep. So So he lived. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So he's cool. Went yeah. went through and then closed right up. So he's probably fine. Uh, so, but that so they successfully escape after their after several uh, successful executions. <laughs> but Zare decides to stay because he needs to find out what happened to his sister. Yep. Um, 
And I like how it's like, okay, he's like, okay, give me that blaster. And they're all, they're escaping on this like Luke Skywalker style land speeder thing. And he's like taking pot shots at him, like not trying to hit him, but that's still super dangerous. Like, could you imagine if I was like, all right, like just run away. I'm going <laughs> to trick these people. And I just start shooting a gun in your general direction. <laughs> he's got to look like he tried though. Yeah. You know. He could have like just been like pretend he was hurt or something. <laughs> he doesn't like, have to start shooting a like gun. Imagine at his you have to make it look convincing. You got to yeah. shoot. Sometimes you got to shoot a friend. Yeah. Yep. All right. So back at Imperial HQ, Zare is being questioned by the Inquisitor. This one, I know. This is the Padawan I encountered on Stygian Prime. That is Morgan. The other was Kel. Cadet Zer Leonis here came very close to stopping the escape. He was part of the traitor's squad and knew them well, or thought so. How admirable. Well, Leonis, let's take a walk, shall we? I want to know everything about your former friends. He's licking his lips because he looks delicious and he just wants a snack. It's weird. <laughs> Um, but the Inquisitor wants to know more about Ezra, who he, when he sees a picture of Dev Morgan, he goes, no, that's the Padawan I encountered. Yeah. Uh, you guys fudged it. <laughs> um, so now Zare is in with the Inquisitor and may be able to, uh, we'll see if he pops up again. Yeah. Uh, so back on Lothal, the crew says they will hide Jai and his mother. So, that's cool. Good story. Good story ending for him. Um, and Ezra tells... Yeah, K- going to hiding from yeah. the military. Good story. You know, have an ending for all. <laughs> well, he's not part of the... You know, he's he's going to be in witness protection. That's fine. It's yeah. a great way to go. Yeah. Um, Ezra tells Kanan he missed them. And he said he forgot what it was like to be on my own. So how was it, kid? Forgot what it was like to be on my own. You miss it? No grumpy robots, no smelly lasats. It's good to be back. Huh. At ease, cadet. Sir, yes, sir. Oh, I know. So that is the end of the episode. Um, overall impressions, feelings, thoughts, hopes, dreams um, about this, Peter? Something we do, Scott, is we... We're going to put you on the spot. You're going to have to come up with your own rating system. Okay. Um, so this is how it works. We'll show. We'll, we'll give you an example of each of them. So I'll start us off, and uh, we do a scale of the best, the worst thing in Star Wars to the best thing in Star Wars, and it's completely subjective. It's up to you. So mine goes like this. The worst thing is C-3PO was created by Anakin to the best thing is Luke Skywalker gazing into the twin sunsets on Tatooine while John's Williams binary sunset themes plays. Ooh, okay. Say this episode is like encountering the Gungans for the first time uh, and listening to Boss Nass speak. Um, this is actually a, a pretty bad episode. That roughly equates to like a D plus. Mm-hmm. All right. I think this is one of the one of the tougher episodes of the season honestly yeah it doesn't do it doesn't do anything for it's a characters. it's filler it's a filler all filler no thriller yeah <laughs> they needed to like throw him in a situation where you saw him like challenged a little bit yeah or not being an air vent <laughs> yes. so peter what's yours um so my scale 
is the worst thing being Jar Jar Binks being farted on by an EOP and going like, be Yusa. <laughs> and then the best thing is Luke and Darth Vader's duel at the end of Return of Jedi is all dark and gritty and cool. So um, my grading is poor gullet because <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't really make any sense in the context of anything that happens in Rogue One. Yeah. Just like how this episode doesn't make any sense in context of the entire season. But like I'm happy I have poor gullet memes. Um, also, there's an unfortunate side effect of this episode where one tends to lose one's mind. <laughs> oh, great time. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so I'm going to say like a C minus. All right. So Scott, we're putting you on the spot. What's the worst and the best thing? Worst thing in uh, episode one when Anakin is getting dismissed for the day and he says, yippee. <laughs> That's the worst thing ever. <laughs> I say that all the time in my real life. <laughs> no one knows what I'm referencing. <laughs> I, it's like cringe. Like it's so. He's like, "Are you an angel?" <laughs> <laughs> and then the best thing, um, oh, I don't know. Imagine this. Imagine this. Okay. Okay. I'm it's not even this. like it's not even in a movie. It's just a feeling. Okay. Okay. Like, you wake up one day, you got a fresh pot of coffee, okay. and you're chilling, and you go on your phone. And there's a new trailer for the newest Star Wars. And you're oh. like, that was sick. All right. Like that. That's a good best thing. Okay. That's pretty good. And it's like it's like the blind lady and you just hear it. She's like, it's calling to you. <laughs> you're like, yeah, it is. It's calling to me. Right? You know what I'm talking You know the feeling, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You're just like. Whew. I just had the Binary Suns theme playing in my head while you were describing when that. You don't it's re- beautiful. When you don't really have, you have nothing to say other than like, Star Wars is sick. Like that, that's like all you have as a description, you know, that yeah. feeling. So letter grade, D plus. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> that's like the worst one awesome or well, all of episode two. <laughs> oh, oh i'm sorry you're about to open a door a tremor in the force <laughs> i'm an episode two defender so oh um huh. but in the meantime we could talk about that offline thank you scott for coming thank you for having me yeah i, I hope i i hope i knew enough no, totally. This is super fun. Okay, cool. Um, where can um, people get mad at you on social media? <laughs> uh, Scott K. Goodrich on everything. The K is stands for... Vegan. Uh, yeah, vegan. <laughs> and yeah, Scott K. Goodrich. Cool. Holler what what does the K stand for? It's my middle name. <laughs> Kyle? K- Kavika. How have I never known that? It's, uh, the, my parents hid the, the island in the middle. <laughs> Nice. Do you want to shout out your band anywhere you can find stuff like that? No, those guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, Mike got it at the beginning. It's yeah, cool. Cool. I it. All right. Well, thanks. Cool. Thanks, Scott. Thank you. That time. What time is it? Uh, it's like 5.10. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. Um, it's that time of the episode where we branch off on our own and crawl down the trunk to the roots and get deep. It was a tree thing. That's my thing. No, it's like branch to trunk. Oh, you're the roots. character guy. I'm the deep guy. Oh, you're right. That's about getting deep. Um, I do the character portraits. So bust out your canvas. 
I'll bust out the paint <laughs> and let me paint you a picture. A portrait. Portrait. Damn it. <laughs> All right. So this week we are talking about Agent Callis, a.k.a. Alexandre Callis. I'm thinking that's how you say it, like Alexandre, <laughs> because it's spelled strangely. Um, he was born on Coruscant several years prior to the invasion of Naboo. So somewhere between 42 and 44 BBY, making him roughly 37 to 39 years old in this episode. Interesting. Um, so he attended the Royal Imperial Academy on Coruscant. Not a big surprise. The main campus of the new regime's military training program. Um, at the academy, Callus studied under Wolf Yolren. Wolf Yolren. Let's say Yolren, who considered <laughs> him his star pupil. For well, some reason, that reminds me of Wolf Bane. What is it? Oh yeah, Wolf Castle or whatever yeah. from Simpsons. Wolf Castle. <laughs> um, so Yolren first appeared in A New Hope, where he can be seen silently seated in the meeting of high-ranking Imperial personnel aboard the first Death Star. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also see him walking past Luke and Han, dis- who are disguised as stormtroopers, while they transport Chewie to the, de- the detention block to rescue Leia. And Yolren was uh, also seen extensively throughout the Clone Wars series, and will be seen later in Rebels, teamed up with Thrawn. Sadly, he never made it out of the Death Star. Um, so, the character's voice from Yulren, and there's a reason I'm going deep into this. Um, I'm going to tell you together. The character voice, the actor in Clone Wars and Rebels, his name is Tom Kane. And he compares Yulren, Wolf Yulren, to General Erwin Rommel, a German commander in World War II. Uh, this is important because there's a senior office British officer named Lieutenant General Montgomery who respected the German commander, Rommel, and said that even though Rommel wore the Nazi uniform, he wasn't a Nazi. And Thomas Kane believed similarly that Wolf Yulren, like Rommel, was a strict military officer that was simply following orders uh-huh, when the Republic transitioned into the Empire, but never really believed in the cause. So take it for what you will. Plus, this guy is just a voice actor. So, <laughs> I mean, so what does he know? What does he know? But perhaps um, if this is true, some of this rubbed off on Callus. Okay. I mean, Callus did commit genocide, though. Yeah, there's no coming back from that. <laughs> so Callus, uh, early on in his life, uh, befriended a guy named Jovan, who soon became a for- uh, like informal mentor to the young uh, Coruscant. And he's also a type of fruit. Yeah, Jovan of Yogan. <laughs> and the two completed their course study together with Callus graduating at the head of his class. Um, he later joined the Imperial Security Bureau with the codename ISB. O two one, um, where he became a high-ranking officer. He also took place in, like you mentioned, the cleansing of the planet Lasan, which that's a euphemism for genocide. Mm. Um, he gave the order to use that T seven ion disruptor, which killed so many, and that's where he got that J nineteen bow rifle. Um, so directly interesting note, directly after this episode, um, there was a little short in the Star Wars Rebels magazine where Agent Callus was tasked 
with arresting that same friend and mentor, Jovan, who started using his status as an imperial lieutenant to ensure his own wealth. So kind of a corrupt guy. And so can't, can't, I'm going to, the details are, you know, not important, but basically and this is directly after this episode, after breaking oh, ranks. Interesting. And then Callus goes, he arrests him, um, and ultimately brings him back to jail. So it was a little, I don't know, this kind of interesting. Melancholy. Yeah. But pretty sad little comic. But um, that is a lot. Uh, that's basically what we have in canon for Callus, um, and where he comes from. Um, he develops. Any word on his sideburns? Where do those come from? Um, those those just come from the heart. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's a, a short look at yeah, Agent Callus. Perfect. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, of course. <laughs> ready to get down to the bottom of the tree dig up the roots get deep on those roots what because <laughs> it's deep dive time oh got it got it got it you did what i did got it got it oh yeah, yeah, yeah um so we're doing a deep dive today on the imperial military mm. So at the end of the Clone Wars, Sheev Palpatine. Sheev, barely know her. <laughs> Sheev Palpatine consolidated all Republic military schools into one far-reaching Imperial Academy system. So since clone troopers age rapidly, yeah. he knew that the military needed to be transitioned from clones to birth-born humans, mm. which is a term that I just learned. Mm. Um, even though a galaxy-wide security force was needed to control the new expansive empire, acceptance into the academy was quite difficult, mm. which makes me wonder how Ezra got in so easily, but whatever. Very few non-human species were allowed to join the Imperial ranks. I can think of basically Thrawn, and that's it. Mm. Um, and, if, and the Inquisitor, I guess. Oh, yeah, I guess. But I don't know if he works outside of the military system, maybe. Well, he has an uh, Imperial badge on his arm. Okay, yeah, so you're right. So, yeah, so the Inquisitor is thrown, but I don't know. If I'm forgetting anyone, hit us up on Twitter. Hmm. Um, but very few non-humans were allowed in. And if you come from one of the former Separatist worlds, there were very limited spots left. So... Hmm. Um, to fill their ranks, the Empire made special appeals to Outer Rim Worlds through acts like the Imperial Registration Program, which we will dive into later, mm-hmm. and special propaganda. Poor and desperate citizens of the Outer Rim were enticed by the idea that the Empire provided them an opportunity to take control of their deteriorating circumstances mm. and offered them security in a violent and dangerous frontier. Wow. So that basically... Yeah, I mean, basically, they offered their most desperate and poor and scared citizens the idea that they can get a job and get paid and be safe if they join the military. Hmm. So, as you can imagine, though, Mm -hmm. the sudden appearance of a unified military force Mm -hmm. across the galaxy Mm -hmm. was shocking to many Mm -hmm. worlds. Also, Mm -hmm. they kind of made galaxy-wide laws Mm -hmm. that all these planets now had to 
come under. Um, so Grand Moff Wilhuff Tarkin <laughs> wrote the Tarkin Doctrine. Here's an excerpt from it. It's also called Mein Kampf. <clears throat> it may appear to some that the enactment of universal laws and widespread deployment of a heavily... Stop, 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 stop. Do the Wilhuff voice. I'm not good at his voice. It may appear to some that the enactment of universal laws... Stop, 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 stop. stop. Give that to me. Okay. <clears throat> okay. It may appear... Oh, to some, one. that the enactment of universal laws and the widespread deployment of a heavily armored military are steps towards galactic domination. <laughs> but these actions are taken merely to protect us from those who would invade, enslave, exploit, or foment political dissent, and to punish accordingly any who engage in such acts. Look out for our new military, not as trespassers or interlopers, <laughs> but as gatekeepers here to shore up the emperor's vision of a pacified and prosperous galaxy. That's where those acting classes went, Mom. <laughs> nice. Uh, so some of the some of the hierarchy. Um, I thought this was kind of interesting. So obviously Palpatine had unlimited power over the military mm -hmm. with Vader second in command, given the authority to speak on behalf of the emperor mm. under them though, the Imperial Navy and army were overseen by the joint chiefs who advised the emperor on all matters of military. <laughs> so the scene where Vader chokes Admiral Mahdi mm. in a new hope takes place in the middle of a joint chiefs meeting. Yeah. So that circle of people, um, that's where, uh, our boy Wolf Yolaren is. Yep. Totally. Um, so this, I, I always got a little confused about this. So the title Moff and Grand Moff weren't actually military ranks, but political ranks mm. given to those tasked with keeping control over specific territories within the galaxy. Mm. So Moffs had authority to keep order and to tell the grand generals and grand admirals of the military to protect their territory, but they're not part of the military. Mm. Interesting. I yep. Yeah. So it gets a little fuzzy where the authority yeah, yeah. is, but yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. Thanks, Peter. You're welcome. Well, uh, thank you for listening dear listener. And you can find us on the web at www.com clown piano <laughs> dot guitar maestro slash new hope <laughs> you're getting delirious okay. <laughs> okay. I'm so tired you can find us on twitter facebook and instagram at rebels rebels pod or you can email us at rebels rebels pod at gmail.com <laughs> um, and please like and subscribe on itunes it helps a bunch please, please. and until next time now that's what I call podcasting. Be brave out there. <laughs> and don't look back. Don't look back. Later, skaters. Bye.